Hello, hello. Welcome to Yay for Growth. I'm your host, Savannah Zipak, and this is a podcast where we have really deep conversations. So get comfortable, take a deep breath, check in with yourself, and let's get started. Hello, fam. So I'm going to be completely honest. I tried recording this episode once with my script, and I just didn't feel... It didn't feel, I guess, authentic, and it didn't feel satisfying nor calming. Usually recording calms me. Like, it it both excites me and calms me at the same time, Um, in, like, a dopamine rush kind of way. Like, it's satisfying, so therefore I'm calm after... And even during. But yeah, I was recording this and I felt pretty anxious. And already this topic makes me anxious to talk about. Because even though I'm open about my eating disorder, it is still a vulnerable thing for me that I am not used to articulating to other people. Just me, myself, and my therapist. Whom I have had to take a long break from. And I miss dearly just for financial reasons, um, which sucks. But it just means I have less practice, like, talking about this kind of stuff, um, even though I journal about it. But anyway, this episode, I don't go into nitty-gritties of an eating disorder. But I will still say trigger warning because it could still be emotionally heavy on you. Um, in just even hearing about it, but the episode is more focused on disordered eating meets living with diet culture. So basically when you have an eating disorder and or you're in recovery from your eating disorder and you're surrounded by diet culture, which is like fucking everywhere, it's everywhere. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And it's going to be a really fun chat. Um, You know what? No, I'm not going to say that. It's not going to be a fun chat. It's a very serious one. And I don't always want to be so serious on the podcast, but this is something that a lot of people, every time I talk about it, every time I post about it, people respond to it so well. Like, so well. And I realize I'm not alone in my struggles because even if people responding don't have eating disorders, they must relate in some way. And I, I love that connection. It, it lets me know that I need to keep talking about it even when it's uncomfortable for me because through that discomfort, we will all grow. And you might feel uncomfortable when you listen and that's okay. Pause at any moments you need to come back to the episode whenever you need to. We're walking through it together. And just a little update. If you haven't already listened to episode 17, it is my first interview episode and I loved, loved, loved the process of interviewing, recording, etc. I'm very proud of it even though it is a little glitchy in certain spots. um, I really, really ask that you give it some love, listen to it, and let me know what you think. I'd love feedback for future interviews. Um, I definitely take feedback seriously, and I will not take it personally. 
if you have constructive criticism. On top of that, the podcast is now on Instagram at Yay for Growth Pod. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so. You can support me through Anchor. I'm thinking about making a Patreon. I'm going to assess where everything is at in a couple months. If that is something you would be interested in, please shoot me a DM on Instagram or, you know, leave it in the comments if you rate me on like Apple Podcasts or something. Um, Just reach out to me somehow. My email is also yayforgrowth at gmail.com. But yeah, definitely please support the podcast if you can do so. I put a lot of time and energy into it and passion. I love it so, so, so much. If you want to be on the podcast, I put the link for the application. I'm still accepting applications, but I will close them um, probably mid to end of February. I'll close them for about a month to take a little break from the interviews and then start them up again. So definitely get on that if you're interested because I'll be scheduled. I already have like interviews scheduled until like through February kind of. So definitely get on it if you're thinking of being on the podcast. There are still a few open slots over the next month and I would love to have anybody who just wants to share their mental health journey. You don't have to be a psychologist. You don't have to be um, some highly certified person, just somebody who has a mental health story to tell that they feel would help listeners. I would love nothing more. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay, so today I feel pretty, I'd say pretty tired, but anxious at the same time. I'm doing okay. And usually I give you guys some really big, like, update, but I'm just not going to do that today. I just, it doesn't feel, I'm just, I'm not feeling called to do it. But long story short, know that I am okay. Um... I'm recovering from COVID very well. My job is going well. I'm so happy to be back at work and they're so happy to have me. And it has just been a lovely time going to work, being busy. And I've been doing pretty well for the most part. I'm just tired. Um, We're supposed to get a snow day tomorrow. So I really, really hope we get that snowstorm. Um, Because Lord knows I need a day. And I bought new microns and other markers. And I bought a new pencil case. And I just want to draw and like relax and watch My Hero Academia. I have so much My Hero to catch up on. But yeah, all right. So today's episode, we're going to talk about um, what it's like living with an eating disorder in a world of diet culture. And that's not just living with one, but if you're healing or recovering from one, because that can be, whew, that can be hard as well. The first point I really just want to make is like, I just want to start off by saying Eating disorders are really fucking tough because technically they're classified as anxiety disorders and technically they have similar traits and things to addictions. When you have any other type of addiction or obsessive behavior, 
you know, if there is a substance involved, you can quit that substance, cold turkey. Um, you can't quit food. You need food to survive, period. So while anyone listening who might have an eating disorder or disordered eating habits that they would really like to just heal and recover from, um, if any of you are listening, just know that you can either look at that as a terrifying thing that you have to face food multiple times a day and you can't quit it. Or you can look at it as a beautiful thing because when you really choose to embrace it and you choose to prioritize your recovery, a lot of shit can happen in a very short amount of time. A lot of progress, a lot of healing, a lot of growth. And that's what I've experienced. As soon as you choose to honor yourself and take on that perspective, you'll be better for it. But it can be hard. Diet culture makes it even harder because it is so ingrained in previous generations that raised us as well as, you know, us millennials meets Gen Zs or whatever. Um, it's very normal to be taught in health classes growing up that the only way to lose weight is restrictive behavior and to exhaust yourself. Um, and we see it growing up on TV. We see it in movies and we hear it from our loved ones. And we just hear people talking about their bodies. And long story short, diet culture really creates this. Oh, man, it really creates this um, reward system thinking in our mind. And that leads to a whole cycle of shame and repetitive shame and guilt. And diet culture is like a cookie cutter solution for an individual problem is how I like to put it. And I'll explain what I mean. So what I mean is we all have unique genetics, right? So let's say someone does have to lose weight for health reasons or they do want to feel better. I'm not against that. Do what you need to do to feel your best, right? Do what you need to do to be healthy and functional and able, right? There's nothing wrong with losing weight at all. But it's how we go about it and it's the mindset we have and how we think we have to do it and we're not good enough until we do it. And then even when we do it, we still don't feel good enough. And that's what diet culture creates. Um, just this really, really terrible cycle of shame and guilt. So what I meant by cookie cutter solution for individual problems is we're all these individual unique beings with unique genetics, right? And But everyone shares the common goal of losing weight. That's the individual, pro pl bleh, individual problem. But diet culture spits out all these diets, the cookie cutter solutions for that problem. Not recognizing that we are all individuals with unique genetics and unique bodies. So what's going to work for one person isn't going to work for the other person. And this diet might work for some people, but not for others. And nine times out of 10, the diets are restrictive. And when evolutionarily, 
scientifically, when our brains feel restricted, our animal brain turns on. And all it can think about is food and survival mode. So when you're restricting yourself, you go crazy because all you want is to survive and to have food. And that's why all you think about are the foods you're not letting yourself have. So, you know, in disordered eating and eating disorder recovery, you learn and accept that you can't eliminate things from your diet without feeling restricted and therefore falling into binge, purge, restrict, whatever your cycle is. Um, So diet culture makes it really hard to do that Um, because you can be doing the work, but not everybody else around you might be. And not only do you have to face food multiple times a day, but then you can get triggered by other people. And I know me, when I started my healing journey, I originally, my biggest struggle was I wanted everyone to accommodate to me by not talking about X, Y, and Z. Like everything was off limits. I'm like, you can't talk about this. You can't ask me what I eat. Yeah, so controlling, whatever. And it's one thing to have boundaries, but it's another to be unrealistic. And I think the things that I was expecting people not to say were unrealistic. I was trying to control the narrative instead of just controlling myself. And you can't, you can't do that because you just wind up anxious and unhappy and unsatisfied and still, you know, not really, you're not really recovering when you're like that. But yeah, I used to expect everyone to accommodate to me and then there came a point where I accepted and realized I'm going to be faced with this multiple times a day. I can either sit here and avoid and shut everything out that triggers me or I could face it head on and accept that I'm always going to be triggered and I might not always know when, where, and exactly how, but I can be prepared. I can't be prepared for the time again, like when, where, and how, but I can with time keep practicing dealing with these triggers and how I approach them. And so it's really hard because, you know, again, going back, we're all taught to accept diet culture. And for me, the hardest thing about recovery isn't just my individual choices to eat and things like that, but it's hearing my loved ones talk about their bodies in such negative light. It's hearing them talk in the cycle of shame and guilt that diet culture has created. It's hearing them not accept themselves. It's hearing them just be unrealistic about how to take care of their bodies and quite frankly, harsh. Um, That for me is the hardest part of recovery is having to hear all of that while trying to accept myself and seeing this freedom I feel when I accept myself and realizing other people don't feel this and they're not trying to you know they're not they don't realize there's an issue like even though they don't have an eating disorder where it disrupted their life like it disrupted mine it's like they still have disordered eating habits around food I think my worst my biggest trigger is when people say I was I ate good today like or I was so bad today I had some ice cream and things like that like that drives me insane 
I cannot stand it. I will not stand it. And, you know, the best thing I've learned is to just deflect it with, you know, like instead of just saying, oh my God, don't say that, you know, because that's a controlling thing. You know, you just try to help people flip the narrative, but not to the extent where you're overextending yourself, you know, where it's not like not to the point where it's exhausting for you. But I just kind of have like an initial response now where I'm just like, um, you know, if people say things like that, I just kind of come at it with my perspective is like, oh, well, you know, is that what you were craving today? Then that must have been really satisfying, though. Um and did you listen to your body? Yeah, I, I kind of sound like a therapist. But, you know, there's a reason our therapists approach us with these questions and these in these different ways. Um, but long story short, you can't help people who don't want help and you can't help people see that there's a problem if they're not willing to talk about it or see it. You just have to focus on yourself. And that's the hardest part about healing is you start to see things in yourself and then you start to see them in other people. And it can be so easy to jump the gun and try to heal and fix everybody else once you learn all of these things and you learn what works for you. It can be so easy to do that. And it's also a distraction from ourselves. But living with an eating disorder and diet culture, it's really important to focus on what you can control versus what you can't. You can't control how much people talk about their bodies and food. You cannot You cannot control that. You cannot talk, control how they talk about their bodies and food. All you can control is you, your responses, your coping mechanisms, and how you approach your recovery and prioritize your recovery. And I think another big thing for me is like what makes it hard is that people are always trying to get to this ideal you know, in diet culture, this ideal ideal body, right? And it's just, and a lot of time it's like getting your old body back and things like that. And it pisses me off because I learned something so important not too long ago. I came to the realization bodies are meant to change. Bodies are simply meant to change, period. That's what they do. And for you to expect your body to be like it was in high school is so unrealistic because you know what you weren't in high school? You weren't fully developed and matured yet. And now your body is developed and matured for your adult self. And if you're a high schooler listening, just know that your body might change in the future, but that's nothing to be afraid of. It is completely normal. And for you to expect it to do anything different aka not change is extremely unrealistic in setting yourself up for failure once we accept that our bodies are going to change i don't know it just feels like a weight off of your shoulders and that's not to catastrophe like don't catastrophize and say oh well savannah are you just saying like you know, if I just gain a bunch of weight, it's okay. Are you saying that if I suddenly become really, you know, like obese, it's okay? Things like that. It's like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying our bodies change over time. You know, that's all I'm saying. And they're meant to. It's what they do. It's how they work. And to expect them to be any different is utter bullshit. 
Yet we do it and we don't realize we're doing it and it's okay. It's completely normal. So again, like don't beat yourself up if you struggled with these things. Just know that it can be different. And yeah, I just, I really think that diet culture is something I've come to terms with in my recovery is I really think it's a mindfulness issue because we always want to be wherever we're not, right? We always want to be in the past or in the future. And we just can't be present. And it's fucking hard, but I think the more we start to realize those things, the more we can heal from it. I really do love that society is starting to call out diet culture and all that bullshit and fat phobia. Oh my god. When I said what like my biggest triggers are from eating disorder, fat phobia is one of them. Hearing people make comments that are like they're basically scared of being fat is just like oh, it it really triggers me and drives me insane. Um it's exhausting to hear. It's dehumanizing. It's um It makes me feel insecure because I'm like, oh, well, if you don't accept yourself like that, would you ever accept me if my body changed? Um, Or what do you think of my body now? (laughs) Like, you know, it just it makes you question people and their motives. And I just I hate fat phobia. And I've I'm almost at the point in my life where I have like all friends that aren't fat phobic. Um, But again, you can't control everyone. Everyone it's ingrained in our culture from day one to be fat phobic. So you do have to accept that there's a certain amount of healing that has to be done for everybody at their own time when it comes to that, as well as acceptance. But yeah, I think it's important to realize um, that with diet culture, you know, you will be triggered a lot, right? Because it's so ingrained in our culture. But to realize that the triggers don't have power over you when you're recovering from an eating disorder or or trying to change your disordered eating habits and things like that. Um, Yeah, because that kind of goes back to how I used to try to control the narrative. But then I realized, you know what, my triggers don't have to have control over me and therefore make me control other people. I can control myself and my responses the more and more I practice. And then I can handle anything that comes my way. But I'm not going to say it's, you know, a walk in the park. And I don't think I've really alluded to that at all this entire talk. It's not a walk in the park. At all. Having an eating disorder sucks ass. Because you'll be fine, 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 fine for a while. And then, boom. Something triggers you and you have a hard week. You maybe have a hard month. And it's, it's a lot. I think another thing that I face, and I posted about this on my mental health Instagram, the sacred space. I posted this recently, my shopping cart. My shopping cart says a lot about my found food freedom and recovery. Because I used to spend no more than 15 to $30 on groceries a week. I kid you not. And it was to justify starving myself, but I would use the excuse of, oh, I'm just saving money and I'm, I'm a poor college student, which I was. And I just didn't get myself enough food. And I would buy foods that, you know what, I didn't necessarily want or like to eat. It was foods I thought I had to, and therefore I was restricting foods I did like to eat. And so I would just end up buying those foods and binging or something like that anyway. 
But long story short, my shopping cart now is like so balanced. But the thing that you have to accept is diet culture tells us you're not supposed to have a lot and you're going to spend less on food when you eat this way and things like that. And it's like accepting now that I'm spending more on groceries, but I'm nourishing myself and I'm not going to binge and purge and things like that and restrict later. Oh my gosh. It's so rewarding and it's so, I don't know if I want to say reward. It's rewarding recovery wise, but it's just so beautiful to feel freedom. And that's the thing that I really like to get across to people. If I could get one thing across is it's not always going to feel this way if you do the work. It's, you're going to find freedom with food, with your thoughts, with everything. And your thoughts are no more than thoughts. Like they only become more when we believe them and fixate on them and overthink them. But if we just, you know, that's a technique I learned in meditation. If we just recognize it and then let it go, like anything else that comes and goes, like a wave, like a leaf in the you know, blowing in the wind, things like that. If we just let it go, it's not going to turn into anything bigger. It's not going to turn into anything more. And, you know, that's where the healing begins. But either way, yeah, I spend more on groceries now and it still feels really uncomfortable for me. And I'm slowly getting used to it. But in those moments where I'm like eating food at home and making dinner and feeling satisfied and not feeling like I have to binge and I'm just, I'm not thinking about food, damn it. And I'm enjoying what I do eat. It's, it's so beautiful and so rewarding in so many ways. And it makes me see that recovery is worth it and it keeps me going. So long story short, it's really hard to live with an eating disorder in a world of diet culture because there's so many external things coming at you all the time. Like, not only did it develop your anxious internal world about food in your body, but then there's all the external of it, right? All the other people it affects, all the signs you see, all the ads you hear. It's hard as fuck. But know that, you know, if you harness the right perspective, it can actually help you in your recovery. It can help you really, really heal. I don't want to say quickly. I can't guarantee anything for you. Your timeline might be different than mine. But I would say it helped you heal in a more sustainable way that will end up lasting. Um, and that's all I really have to say. It's a little shorter of a talk. But, you know, I think you guys need some short episodes. I've been putting out some long ones lately, and it's something I've been wanting to have, um, some talk I've been wanting to have for a while now. Uh, yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. And have a great rest of your day. And remember... Your external world does not reflect your internal world. You are an ever-evolving being who is meant to change and grow. And if you're doing that, you're on your path. Namaste. Namaste.